Welcome to the iRacers Download here on the Speed Sport Podcast Network and NASCAR Digital Media. I am your host, Taylor Burris, and of course, joining me is my partner in crime, Justin Prince, and our producer, Wayne Owens. And with us tonight, we have two great guests with us here tonight. Of course, winner at Auto Club for the E-NASCAR Coca-Cola iRacing Series, driver for Kligerman Esports, Bob Bryant joining us here tonight. And then later on, Monday Night Racing Season 2 champion, Will Rogers of Space Station Racing. So it's going to be a packed show here tonight, Justin. A lot of great news going on. Absolutely. And to say it's been a busy week in sim racing is an understatement. A lot going on once more in terms of all the action across the service. I can't wait for today's action. Certainly so. Well, let's go ahead and get started with our first interview of the night. Bob Bryant, cl- driver for Kligerman Sport. Bob, welcome to the iRacers Download. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Of course. Well, let's go ahead and talk about the win that you just picked up at Auto Club and the strategy that you pulled off. I mean, you were one of the few drivers who only pulled off a single pit stop with a lot of fuel saving and also a lot of just taking care of your equipment. Tell us about this race that you won. Yeah, I mean, um, still a couple of days after the fact, I'm, I'm kind of shocked that the, the strategy worked out as well as it did. Um, we, we went into the race with that as, as the goal. It was, uh, we, we found that it was faster to do that by pretty significant margin in testing, but it, it required a lot of, uh, you know, dedication to the strategy and you had to be disciplined the entire time. And, uh, you know, we, we actually qualified in the back that, which ended up being a bit of a, bit of a, a benefit to be honest with you it gave us you know it's a lot easier to kind of fall back through the field when you're already at the back than it, than it would have been to say give up a, a spot towards the front and uh yeah we stayed disciplined and made the fuel number and made it to the end and won the race so it was a, it was pretty cool man I believe it was kill mode that you described it as in fact as the t- time you knew you were good to go on the gas to be able to push in that race you mentioned some of the difficulty already with the strategy. It seemed like a crazy race overall in that regard because you had from Keegan Leahy pinning on lap 20 to drivers trying to split it up in 33-33, get to the end, to trying to stretch it out like that. It looked like a very complicated race from our perspective. It was, honestly. You know, if you dig into the mechanics of why everyone did the things that they did, there's a lot of factors at play there's um navigating through traffic putting yourself in a good spot to not have to be you know passing cars to go forward you know you'd rather do it in the in the pits or um you know do it with with a tire differential to the guy in front of you that sort of thing so you know i think you know you saw that obviously you saw some of the fuel stuff some of the aero stuff that that iRacing has introduced here in the in the last couple of weeks i think played a hand into why people did the things that they did so yeah, I mean, it, it really was. If you if you dig into why we did that, there, it's pretty fascinating. And uh, what's what's really crazy is you have all these varying strategies, and yet at the end of the day, they all kind of converge at the end. And we had I think thirty five cars within ten to fifteen seconds of of the lead at the end of the race. So um, yeah, like, like I said, I'm still kind of kind of shocked that that our strat came out on top. What was kind of the reaction for Parker Klugerman after that victory? 
Uh, he was thrilled. He gave me a call as soon as uh, as soon as the interview was over, and and just told told me great job. And um, you know, he, he one three finish for us was definitely something that we needed. We've uh, Isaac and my teammate and I. We've both been really fast. We've had great speed. I feel like um, all year we just have had absolutely no luck. Uh, both of us for for varying reasons. I you know I've gotten run over. I've gotten wrecked uh you know isaac had a, a, a net code situation a couple of weeks ago at i racing parked him while he was like second or third so it's just been crazy so he was you know over just overjoyed for for both of our performances and, and definitely a sh good shot in the arm that we needed let's talk a little bit about that then the mentality of you know all the situations that you had prior to this win tonight or the other night at auto club how do you try to keep your morale up in order to keep pressing forward, knowing that there's better races up ahead for you, there's better tracks possibly that you feel more confident racing at, in order to keep going and be able to put out these good results and performances? Yeah, that's a tough one. Uh, I've been doing this a long time, and even uh, as long as I've been doing this, it's it's impossible, I feel like, to not just question yourself what you can be doing differently. Uh, what, what you can be doing better when you have a string of, of bad, bad runs like we've had. And, you know, I'd say just, I don't know that, you know, the mentality is just to look back and, and try to be honest with yourself as to the facts around why you ran the way that you did. And if there are things that you truly could have done any differently. And, you know, for us, we, 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 like I said, we, we both Isaac and I feel like we've had really good cars have made good decisions and just circumstances that are, you know, you, you can't control of, have kind of taken us out of these races. And, you know, that's a bit of a product of the, the car as well. Um, you know, we're, we're all within a, a fairly tight box. There's not a ton of power on these mile and a half, half tracks. So it's really kind of hard to get away from one another. And, you know, the, 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 you're more apt to have variants in, in, random things happen that, that kind of take you out of races. So yeah, we just look back at how we're running effectively and did I do anything stupid? And if the answer is we're running good and I, you didn't do anything stupid, then, then you just move on to the next one, but it can be tough for sure. Well, Bob, let's talk about that. You've been on the iRacing service since 2008. So one of the original probably founding members of the entire iRacing community what made you want to get involved with iRacing and how did you come about it? So for me, I actually started sim racing back in the early, early, early 2000s and uh, did a lot of stuff with NR02 and NR03. Uh, ran, ran a couple or won a couple of DMP series championships in, in Dale Jr.'s League and just kind of you know, that was a natural transition, I'd say, from NRO3 to, to iRacing when it first came out. You know, I remember the day that it came out. It was in, in May of 2008. Everybody uh, from the NRO3 community was just waiting for them to, to push the site live. And as soon as they did, it was all a mad dash for everyone to sign up real quick. So, um, yeah, ever since then, I just I've, I kind of stopped doing competitive sim racing. I, I You know, as far as eNASCAR, you know, the highest levels of sim racing in, in the, the late 2000s. Um, and really kind of got back into that around 2018. But I, I've kicked around on iRacing, just running fixed races and having fun in, in small leagues and that sort of stuff for, for the last 10 years prior to this. Well, let's also... Oh, go ahead, Justin. 
as well, that's a lot of course that you've been a part of. A lot of the top sim racers, Bob, have seemed to have come from those early days with Dale Jr.'s League, where you got the opportunity to race against them in that opportunity, as well as some of the top drivers that are taking place in real world as well. How would you describe that time where you were very young at the time and trying to battle against some of the best of the best now today in all of motorsports, both virtually in the real world? Well, I'd say that it, it, you know, it, it definitely builds racecraft. Uh, the more you can do this stuff and, and, and the more, talented guys you're around the, the better your your decision making is going to be and, and the more you're, you're going to understand the flow of a race better and the flow of traffic and with you know i alluded to the package earlier with with the way that the rules are it really rewards people with good racecraft and good decision making skills and, and good strategy it's not just about having blinding speed i think everyone in this series has ridiculously good speed that's kind of table stakes and, and you have to build beyond that and find find different edges that you can exploit elsewhere other than just you know driving faster than everybody else because it's, it's not really possible to do that all the time so yeah i'd say you know that there's the reason that you see a lot of those guys or, or you know a good number of those guys from that era at still at the high level today is is just just experience we you know we understood we've understood high level competition we understood um racecraft we had you know we built awareness uh of the cars around us and and yeah it's just kind of it all of that carries forward indefinitely no matter what you're doing there was a story from back in that time and i'm not sure if you experienced this or seen this personally where denny hamlin was one of the top drivers back in the day around that era as well when he was up and coming through the ranks and the story as it goes is he would end up going to the race lead, start pulling away in the race lead, but it was always the matter of when something would go wrong with his uh, connection to say, the very least, and ended up popping up. What kind of experiences do you favor the most or remember fondly the most from that era that you still think of today? Well, as far as the real drivers go, um, Denny was was a stud back then. Uh, he he was he was really really quick. Uh, I, I actually remember meeting Denny before he was in in Cup. He would he popped into our server and ran ran late models with us with a, a bunch of the DMP guys. And he you know I'd never heard of the guy before, and he came out and and just started running top five and, and winning. And uh, he he's yeah he was incredibly solid. Truex same way. Truex was just blindingly fast. Um, kind of i think he 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 just kind of got busy in life a bit uh you know obviously he's he became a, a pretty a big cup star uh, and this was kind of back right when as he was getting into cup and and in the bush series at the time uh but he was he was blindingly fast and then obviously dale jr has been has been really good since since day one of this stuff too so i i'd say that the you know the biggest memories i have of those guys are, are all just how uh just how 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 precise they are how 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 knowledgeable they are about the cars how knowledgeable they are about the racing how they treated it you know seriously and um yeah i mean i've had a, a couple of 
couple of big races with those guys. I remember staying up all night with Denny before the uh, FLM 400. Is me and him for you know 12 hours till till four in the morning trying to figure out how to how to get a setup. And uh, we actually finally hit on something right at the end. It was just out of this world fast. And uh, I think he ended up winning the FLM 400 that year. But uh, yeah, all those guys were incredible. And that's crazy that some of the tendencies for some of the top organizations to build the cars as well has carried over as well from those days to now where that's now the norm for many of the top drivers is to work as for thousands upon thousands of laps and hour upon hour to prepare for the races, Bob. Yeah, I mean, you have to. Um, back then, it was a lot, I'd say, less technical. There, you know, you had your your you had your your settings in the garage, and there were a number of settings you could you could adjust for sure. But we didn't have the the telemetry. We didn't have the um, some of the more dynamic stuff. It was a lot a lot more of the modeling was static back then. The track was static. The the uh, yeah, I don't know. There's just a lot less stuff moving around. Uh, whereas now you have just yeah. <laughs> Uh, endless amounts of data that you have to interpret um, a ton of different ways that you can go about setting the car up tons of different philosophies um, you know tons of different settings that the the, the speed you're going at uh, impacts how the car drives how you know whether you're in a pack or not all that sort of stuff so it's it's definitely a lot more difficult these days that's for sure it certainly is. Well, coming up more with our guest of the week, Bob Bryant. You're listening to the iRacers Download on the SpeedSport Podcast Network and NASCAR Digital Media. Welcome back to the iRacers Download on the SpeedSport Podcast Network and NASCAR Digital Media. Continuing our conversation with Bob Bryant. And Bob, I want to go back to a year ago. You know, 2020 was probably an interesting year when it comes to the world of esports, but I would have to say for you, it was probably even more interesting. I want to go back to talking about the situation with Kyle Larson. You were selected to be drafted to drive for Kyle Larson in 2020, and then, of course, the incident happened with him. What was your thought process of how are you going to be able to continue for the 2020 season, as well as making sure that you're able to compete and stay in the top 20 in order to come back for this season. Yeah, last year was interesting for a lot of different reasons. That was certainly a, a, a curveball and an unfortunate one at that. Um, you know, for us, I, myself and my, my teammate at the time, Steve Sheehan, I, I don't think either of us were ever worried about the, you know, losing the ride in, in the series or anything. It wasn't, you know, it was, it wasn't our actions that, had any, anything to do with it obviously so uh yeah just kind of bummed to see such a you know prominent guy make a mistake like that and um you know he's he's certainly done a lot in the in the years since to uh to try to to fix that mistake so uh yeah that's i, I guess that's basically all i could say about that okay well how was your thoughts of how the world of esports has grown? You know, you first talked about how you were, you know, just starting off in the NR2003 days competing with drivers like Denny Hamlin, Dale Jr., and then, of course, getting started with iRacing as soon as it was released and jumping on this. But as we look through the years ahead, since you first started out on here in 2008, how much has the world of esports, as well as iRacing, grown 
compared to what you saw when it first began? I mean, orders of magnitude. So I thought one of the most surreal things, um, you know, that, that, that I've seen is you, you go back to when the, the pandemic really first started to hit last year. And there was a period of time where there was, there was no sports at all on TV. No, nothing was happening. Everyone's just sitting at their, in their houses. And, uh, you know, iRacing and, and NASCAR came up with the idea of the, the pro invitational. Um, and, and suddenly I suddenly sim racing was the only live sport on national television, drawing audiences of, you know, a couple million people or whatever. It's just like, my God, wow. What a, what a, uh, what an amazing, you know, amazing story there that we're able to, to kind of fill this gap with, with, um, you know, the amazing technology that, that iRacing puts together. And obviously, you know, it's, it's not, um, it's it's something that's carried in into this year it's it was not a, a one and done deal you know we still we're still doing this we're still doing uh you know airing these races on on fs1 uh all the cup drivers are involved in it so you know from from just macro sim racing point of view that that was incredible to me um as far as just the the, the top levels the the dwc series you know the coke series yeah i mean that we raced uh, again i go back to to 15 years ago i, I was involved with a, a company called the sim racing network and we we started doing we did the broadcast we did the tv broadcasts for the dmp league and we would be streaming it to an audience of 300 to 500 people maybe you know we'd sell a couple of dvds here and there of, you know people that wanted to watch the replay or, or what, what have you and you look at that versus today hey we're going out to tens of thousands of people with these TWC broadcasts. Um, you know, there's obviously a, a huge level of investment and involvement from, from major esports organizations may, that the real NASCAR teams, uh, the real cup guys. Um, it, it's, I think it's a testament to how well iRacing has been able to, to recreate uh, the, the real world in, in the sim. You know, it, it really has value. It truly does have value to to these these NASCAR guys, uh, and there's there's definitely a correlation there. Um, and yeah, I, th I think that it's a fun thing to do. It has a lot of value uh, and, and a lot of correlation with the, the real world stuff, and that's why you see it grow as much. So it's been it's been really cool to see. It certainly has. And what could you possibly expect to see the world of sim racing growing into? Let's let's be small. Let's say the next three years from today. I mean, yeah, it's it, it, tough to predict. Uh, I think we're going down the right path. I think we have a, a you know a very diverse uh, group of, of owners in the Coke series. Like like I said, we have professional esports teams which are focused on. Uh, you know, they're building a building their audience, building a following of, of their their esports athletes. You have professional NASCAR teams which are that are trying to uh, build their brand as as being top competitors in, in both real NASCAR and eNASCAR. So, you know, in in terms of of where it's going, I, I see I see those guys just continuing to to kind of have a, a, a healthy mix and, and driving. Uh, viewership up. Uh, I'd like to see us uh, make a return to, to TV at some point. I think that would be, I think hopefully that's, that's in the cards. I'm, I'm not sure if it is or, or not, but 
uh, the, the, the NASCAR guys or, or the, the pro series guys have shown that it makes a, it makes for a compelling broadcast, right? There, there's a reason why, why Fox wanted to renew it this year. Uh, so hopefully we can start building the brands of, of some of these guys in the Coke series uh, and, and, you know, build the viewership that way. And, and we'll see what, what mediums we end up on the next couple of years. Well, let's step a little bit outside of the racing world and esports world. And what other things outside of that do you like to do in your spare time? You know, let's learn a little bit more about the Bob Bryan outside of the sim rig. Oh man, I'm, I'm boring. <laughs> I, uh, I, I'm an internet guy. I, I play around, I, I play a lot of different just PC games and console games and stuff. Um, for sure. And, uh, I, I run a couple internet businesses. Uh, yeah, I mean, honestly, man, I'm, I'm a pretty boring guy. <laughs> be completely honest with you. How do you find that balance then between the internet companies that you do and the sim racing side to make sure you have that proper balance between work, play, and sim racing? I mean, I think you have to see sim racing kind of, for, for me, sim racing is still very much a, a hobby. It's something I take very seriously. Um, but, you know, I just kind of, I try to mentally separate the, the things that, that I do for work uh, versus the things that I do for fun. Uh, and, you know, if, if I can have fun while, while doing this, then, then I'm doing a good job of that. So, And that's the key thing is having fun. And that's been one of the main emphases from drivers about advice. What advice would you give? personally for someone coming up through the sim racing ranks and wanting to get themselves into the e-nascar level well what i'd say is that ultimately you know when i when i look at the forums i see a lot of folks that that can get they get frustrated along the way you know they get crashed by somebody or they 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 hit a you know a plateau in in their speed or that sort of thing and, and what I'd say is this, just at the end of the day, you have to have some perspective that this is, this is for fun and we're, you know, we're having, we're having a good time with this. This is not your life's work. Um, you know, you should probably, you should just try to approach it, try to learn from your mistakes, be, be critical about, you know, if you, if you have an, inc an incident in a race or you get a cut, you know, involved in a wreck or. Uh, you know, if you're off the pace, go look at the replay and, and look and see what you could have done differently. Look at what some of the other guys that, that you look up to, somebody that, that made it through that wreck or saved the tires better than you or what have you. Go study them and, uh, and try to get better. But don't, don't do it in a way that, that you know, you're, you're, it, you end up getting frustrated. Because at the end of the day, this is, this is about having fun. None of us would be doing this if, if, if this was miserable or if, you know, this was just you know, grinding, grinding work that, that we didn't like. So just have fun with it, man. That's what I'd say. I think I agree with you on that. I mean, yes, this is serious competition, but the importance of trying to find that balance of making sure you're having fun and also, you know, making sure that you take your time with enjoying this, because if you don't enjoy it, then it's not really, in my opinion, something you should consider doing in a sense, but you have to make sure you find that balance. But 
Bob, outside of the iRacing when it comes to the eNASCAR stuff, what other parts of the iRacing service do you enjoy doing? I've played around a little bit with road racing. Uh, some some of the guys I do the eNASCAR stuff with earlier this year, we, we ran the Daytona 24. That was that was a, an absolute blast. So the IMSA car is definitely one of my favorites. I think, I think Kerwin runs that quite a bit as well. Um, it's probably one of the better cars on the service right now, to be honest with you. So that's really fun. Uh, you know, if you're just wanting to have some some stupid fun every now and then, getting a, a street stock dirt dirt race or something. Um, but you know, honestly, you know, a lot of my eye racing these days is, is really kind of centered around the Coke series, whether it's, you know, running the races or testing or what have you. Uh, that's, that's kind of what I'm, what I'm doing when I'm eye racing. Certainly is. Well, we also want to talk about, you know, where can people go to find you or information, learn more about you and follow your career here on the eye racing service, as well as for your team, Clegg Sport. Yeah, I'm B Bryant fifty three on Twitter. Uh, follow me there. We we post post updates about what we got going on. Same thing with uh, with with Kligerman stuff. It's at Kligerman Sport on Twitter. And uh, yes, that's about it. All right. Well, Bob, we look forward to seeing what you can do the rest of the season with your win. As long as you stay in the top twenty, you have a shot of competing in the playoffs later on this season. Any other future plans as far as how to go about the rest of the season with testing certain things or just going out to try to get as many wins as possible? I'd say for us, it's, it's about running to try to stay in the top 20 at this point, to your point, you know, before, uh, for this week, we, we were taking a lot of, a lot of risks such as, you know, going all in on a, on a certain fuel strategy, right. With a, with a goal of winning the race. Um, we're probably not going to have to do those sorts of things anymore. We're probably going to run a run strategies that are more kind of right down the center. So yeah, for us, it's just kind of trying to, to hang out in the top 20 and, and prep for the playoffs. I am really, really, really looking forward to the playoffs. I, you know, it's a, the, the first round is crazy. I think it's Bristol, Darlington and Talladega. So three, three, just total wild card races, um, set in the, the, the field for the final four at, at Texas. So, uh, yeah, we're going to do our best to, to stay in the top 20. It's far from easy. That's far from, from a given the the talent in this division is just off the charts, you know, incredible. So, uh, we'll, we'll give it a go and hopefully, you know, hopefully we're here in, in the final race or in the playoffs and, uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. We certainly will. And of course, how do you think Parker Kligerman will be if you're able to, one, get your car. Well, you already have your car in the playoffs, but have a shot of winning this championship this season. How do you think Parker would be? If he was already ecstatic with you guys winning a race earlier with this past week at Auto Club, how do you more so do you think he would be if you win the championship? Well, Parker specifically is is in sim racing because he loves it. You know, this is not he's, – he's trying to build the, the Kligerman Sport brand um, – for sure, but this is this is his his love. He he absolutely loves sim racing. Uh, so you know, I know that he you know it'd be really really special uh, for him if if he was able to take home either the you know have one of his drivers take home the driver championship or have his team take home the team championship. So um, we're gonna do our best, and, and yeah, I'm, I'm I'm sure it'll mean it'll mean a lot to him if uh, if we can get there. 
Of course. Well, Bob, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to come up here to where we can interview about the win as well as your career here on the iRacing service as well as even before you came on iRacing. So thank you so much for your time and we appreciate it. Cheers, guys. Thanks for having me on. Of course, that was Bob Bryant from Clickerman Sport, winner at Auto Club of the eNASCAR Coca-Cola iRacing Series. Coming up after the break, we'll sit down and talk with Will Rogers, Season 2 champion of Monday Night Racing. You're listening to the iRacers Download on the SpeedSport Podcast Network and NASCAR Digital Media. Welcome back to the iRacers Download on the SpeedSport Podcast Network and NASCAR Digital Media. We are now joined by Will Rogers, winner of the Monday Night Racing Season 2 Championship. Will, welcome to the iRacers Download. How are you tonight? Uh, I'm good. I'm even better with that intro, though. That's a heck of a title. Of course. I I mean, think about it. You are probably, you are part of not only one of the biggest up-and-coming NASCAR teams, but also a champion of Monday Night Racing, who, let's be honest, is the biggest league in all of iRacing. And you went up a toe-to-toe with some of the biggest names in NASCAR, racing in general, as well as media people who actually are pretty good behind the wheel of the sim racing. Agreed. Yeah, the, the the competition's incredible. The series has really grown, and and for me to jump in a few races late in season two and walk away with the championship, man, uh, <laughs> it's pretty hard to pretty hard to fathom. It's it's cool. I I don't think I ever thought I'd win a championship in in i racing, but uh, hey, I did it. So maybe there's more to come. We'll see. It certainly is, but let's take a look back through your season because if we look at it, the only times you really won a race was at the Watkins Glen with the Pro 2 trucks. And I got to say, that was probably one of the most exciting because you were going toe-to-toe with a two-time NASCAR champion. Your thoughts on that battle coming out of the final few corners? Yeah, I think my thoughts are the same as they were really, you know, just after the battle with Kyle. Uh, it was a heck of a race with him throughout the throughout the race. I think we ran for 40 some odd laps. It was it was scrappy from the beginning to the end um, with James Davidson, with with Kyle. Uh, I know Nick Sanchez was in there in the, in the mix and a few others. But at the end of the day, it came down to me and Kyle on the last two laps and um, you know, I pulled a dirty move on him, uh, more or less out of desperation, but, but, you know, knowing that I needed to do what I needed to do to win the race. And he probably understood that maybe not at the time, but maybe he does now. And, uh, it was, it was more or less the winning move. And, and because I pulled a, because I pulled a bad move on him, uh, you know, he definitely let me know it for the next two laps consistently uh, <laughs> running in the back of me, but, but. I learned from watching some of these cup races on TV, specifically from uh, a guy like Kevin Harvick, when when you know you're going to get hit, just stop on the brakes and slow you both down so it doesn't screw your momentum up and you can stay in front. So I did just that, and uh, hey, we walked away with the dub. And yeah, that's that's really the momentum that I needed to get to get positioned to be in the playoffs. And throughout the rest of the season, I just pretty much mited my P's and Q's and, and, uh, and ran consistently. And, and man, there we were at the end at, uh, at Atlanta. It was pretty cool. It certainly was. And if you think about it, other than that, win, what had been your favorite car and track combination that you got to race in? That's a really hard question. You know, I, I want to give you their example, but I feel like the trucks at Watkins Glen are so much fun. Uh, with Pro 2s, 
there's so little grip because the, they're so big and so top heavy. They just slide around and there's a ton of power in the Pro 2. So you could you could really throttle the thing off the corner and get it loose if you wanted to. So it, it made it really, really cool to, to have to drive it hard, but also very precise. So, you know, that is definitely one of those that was at the top of the list for me as far as uh, the most exciting, most fun, um, and most demanding too. It certainly was. I mean, probably that was the most interesting combination that we saw. And the only thing I think we needed to probably add in that course was a couple of the ramps to make it more like the stadium super trucks, which I think would be phenomenal. But (laughs) I think everybody would. But I think looking ahead to season three, which will be kicking off in May, you know, a lot of big things have changed are coming up. But overall, looking back on this season with you winning the championship, the popularity as well as the expansion of this series since its inception what is your thoughts on how it's grown since you came on board with monday night racing i i mean my my feedback is is it's doing all all the right things you know uh, i think ford martin and all the other guys that run the series have been have been you know making the right moves and putting it in the right places obviously they have some tremendous resources coming from groups like fox and such to to know how to market a series and, and do the right things. And the other part is getting the right people involved. You know, uh, you, you got, you got Kyle Bush involved, James Davidson, Will Power. Um, and then you got little guys like me and, and Ryan Vargas and Nick Sanchez and Raj Caruth, you know, uh, three of my really good buddies that, that we all go toe to toe with on the, on the virtual side, but then also in real life. So I, I feel like that's a really good start and they've been doing that right along with bringing in other officials official members from the industry, you know, so from the media side, I think it's been super crucial. Um, and it's been great to, to mix it up with those people. Um, so I feel like they're, they're taking all the right moves. And um, we, we as an organization at Space Station Racing, definitely, definitely look at that from inspiration or as inspiration to grow our program too. So, uh, man, I, I think if, if Monday Night Racing just continues on this path, uh, it will maintain that dominant presence in the league um space of iRacing but I think just grow even further and maybe even become who knows something a little bit more official down the road speaking of space station gaming let's talk a little bit about that we talked about it not too long ago about the inception but let's talk about the growth so far since space station gaming has come on board with iRacing and the eNASCAR Coca-Cola iRacing series how has the team done so far this season, and what could you expect to see this team growing as we progress through the 2021 season? You know, I think with with any new team jumping into a new series, there are always going to be um, you know you know bumps along the way, and I think that Space Station Racing, um, part of Space Station Gaming, is going through that at the moment from a competition perspective. In Coke, you know, it, it's a very very competitive series. Uh, the top 40 virtual racers on the planet are part of it and to go along with that are are 40 of the best setup guys or setup teams with it so i think for us uh, a little bit of a of a just just a, a first year rough start competitively that's not to say we haven't had some good finishes because our drivers uh malik ray and vicente salas have done a great job um but i, I think our, our competition needs to be stepped up a little bit so hopefully Towards the second half of the season, we'll get there. But, you know, as far as our brand presence, um, you know, our, our likeness and, and everybody acknowledging what Space Station Gaming is doing, I think we're, uh, we're doing all the right things. We're producing incredible content. 
Um, we have great personalities to represent us, not only on the Coke side, but then our road to pro and also our influencer side. You know, we've got some of the biggest names uh, in, in, in motorsports at the moment, um, at least from a digital perspective. So it, it's going really well. And I think, you know, come this time next year, we are going to be 100% the team that everybody wants to be with competitively and um, from, a, from a social standpoint. Well, let's now talk a little bit about your personal career in the NASCAR industry. You know, how is your season going for you so far? Is there any plans that you're working on for this 2021 season, Will? And what could we expect in the future from you? There are always plans. There's always a lot, a lot in the works, you know. Um, so this, this for me is, is a full-time job, and, and uh, I'm, a, I'm a working racer, as I like to say. Uh, you know, definitely have to, to grind it out and do everything I possibly can to earn uh, every dollar to go racing, and, and that means that it's, it's not easy. So the, the hard work is always happening. There definitely are plans to race this season, and, and those have yet to come to full fruition yet. But really hoping to be um, in the National Series competing a few times this year at the least with a look at, you know, potentially going full-time next year if the stars align. So uh, otherwise, though, you know, my career, it's, it's – uh, I've been very, very fortunate to to race in many different arenas and, um, you know, most recently in NASCAR and, and having some successes uh, that have kind of carried me to this point, which is great. Now it's up to me to, to make sure it keeps on going. So hopefully soon you'll see me out there again. Well, let's talk about something. You know, a lot of people in the iRacing community always wondered, you know, can someone truly from iRacing start off on the bottom, work their way up through the top, to have a chance to compete in the highest levels of motorsports. I mean, we've seen drivers such as William Byron. In fact, your space station racing teammate, Raja Karuth, is also competing in the Arkham Menard series. And there's several other people across the service who also still compete at some of the highest levels of motorsports. Can someone actually make the advancement of starting off using iRacing and then also make their way into maybe starting off in a legends, a late model before they progress into a higher tier of motorsports. I'd say the answer is yes, but it's a complicated yes. So, you know, I, I feel like a lot of racers when they're just starting out, um, you, you know, it, it's the whole, it's the old saying: if you're fast, you know, you'll be seen, you'll be winning races, and people are going to want you to race for them. While that still stands true, the business part of the bit uh, of the of the industry comes in and you know at the end of the day to go real racing it takes tremendous finance behind you so what i would say is yes that definitely is if you if you do everything right virtually from a competitive standpoint being the best you can be winning as many races as possible against the best guys possible fantastic have that as your as your you know performance resume resume but what I would also be doing is building your brand as best you can via social media and and just socially in general, um, along with building a business acumen, uh, understanding what it takes to provide you know sponsors a return on investment to get you in that race car. Because without them, uh, you know, unless you have personal finance, it just isn't likely, right? So if you can combine those three aspects, starting out in iRacing, absolutely, I think you can make it to that level where. You know, a William Byron is, um, you know, somebody like like that, you know, he, he can obviously translate the iRacing to the real world, um, but you also have to have that, that business side too. So that's my long answer for you. And well, it's a great answer. And it also puts into perspective that 
it's not easy. It's not that simple as people thought it would be that even if you aren't on the sim, getting into any major motorsports series takes a lot of hard work. And Will, you've shown that throughout your career as well and continue to do so in order to, in a sense, hopefully one day get you into one of the top levels of NASCAR or any form of motorsport that you set your mind to. Absolutely. As long as you have that that determination, but but also very realistic understanding of where you are and what you're trying to accomplish. As long as you have those things in check, um, and and you keep you know you keep the faith. You know something that that I pride myself on is is continuously having the uh, endurance and and or just the tenacity to to keep doing it. Because there are more days where you're going to walk away from the racetrack, whether your helmet's in hand or not. Um, you know, saying, why are you doing this? But if you can get through those days and look for the better ones, that's what makes it all worth it. So um, hard work, tenacity, perseverance, that's what you need to do this thing. And, and um, that's, that's the stuff that I've uh, been, been fortunate enough to, to have, more or less. And I think that's what's carried me thus far. And that's what I think will carry me into the future. So hopefully that helps somebody. It certainly sounds like it will. Well, finally, my final question before we go into our closing in here is what do you feel like the world of esports, not just iRacing, of course, iRacing is our biggest focus here on the iRacers download, but esports in general, how do you think it will grow in the future? We saw how it made a big impact for 2020, but what more do you think the world of esports in general can help make it to grow even more? Man, I, I think that the sky's the limit. Obviously, in this digital age, um, you know, more and more people have access to platforms like iRacing, and and like you're saying, not just iRacing. Um, you're looking at Rocket League and and some of the other big games that have come along in the last decade. I mean, it has only just gotten bigger and bigger. And now, partnering with a group like Space Station Ga- Gaming has given me a really great perspective on actually how big it is and actually how big it could be. Um, I mean, these are. These are teams that are selling for multi-million dollars and, and teams that are also valued at, at upwards of hundreds of million dollars. So like there's a huge business behind it. The competitiveness is obviously there. And, and with this digital age of access, man, I think it's just going to be so big. Um, what's really driving that, though, is the cooperation or participation, rather, of, of these other sports and, and individuals. So, you know, having Fox and NBC run some pro invitational races this year uh, live on TV is huge for that. And then getting some of those personalities to be involved, I think is super important. And that's, what's going to help elevate this. And uh, man, I, I could see esports challenging, you know, NASCAR, NFL, formula one, um, all the major sports within, you know, the next decade, as far as viewership and participation. That's some pretty impressive and a big outlook. I would have to say will, but before we let you go, where can people follow you on social media to keep up with not just your esports career with Monday Night Racing as well as with Space Station Racing, but also your personal career? Yeah, you can find me on uh, you know Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, uh, all at Will Rogers, and uh, also follow Space Station Gaming at Space Station Gaming for all those platforms, and we also have specific uh, you know social media for Space Station Racing if that's what you're into specifically. So. Um, check us out on there, follow along. We're always posting great content and, uh, yeah, the, the, the more, more people we have behind us, the bigger we get and the more we can bring those people along with us. 
Well, Will, thank you so much for coming on. That is Will Rogers, your Monday Night Racing Season 2 champion, as well as co-founder of the Space Station Racing, a part of the Space Station Gaming family. Coming up, we have the news of the week. You're listening to the iRacers Download on the SpeedSport Podcast Network and NASCAR Digital Media. Welcome back to the iRacers Download on the SpeedSport Podcast Network and NASCAR Digital Media. Justin Prince alongside Taylor Burris with Wayne Owens in the director's seat as let's go over some of the news of the week after what was an eventful week to say the very least and esports and e-NASCAR in particular. As talked about, it was Bob Bryant who took home the checker flag at Auto Club Speedway after stretching his fuel to about 52-53 laps in fact and the strategy to make a one-stop or the furthest out of anybody in the entire field at Auto Club Speedway. But Taylor... Some of the interesting moments we discussed a little bit with Bob was the strategy was the name of the game. Keegan Leahy in particular, who had the opportunity to gamble, keep in mind with his victory, decided to go with a 20-40-40 split on his strategy, going with the early pit stop from the race lead. And it was something where it was discussed all the way up until the lap he pitted, in fact, to try and figure out, okay, are we going to do this, Taylor? You know, that was probably one of the boldest strategies, and and it turned out quite well for him in retrospect of all the other strategies that he had. I mean, start on the pole, but like you said, comes down on lap 20 to start his first round of pit stops, was able to work his way back up to the field before he decided to break it off again at another 40 laps, coming in at lap 60, and then, of course, his final pit stop here later on in the race to come back and finish inside the top 10 with a 7th place finish, which is phenomenal. For his run, given the fact that he took three pit stops. So in the end, it helped work out for him because he had the fresher tires compared to some other competitors. Yeah, but the downside is he only got up to seventh, four seconds back of Bob Bryant because of that save time by taking one less pit stop. But keep in mind, it was going to be close for a majority of the field. Derek Justice, for example, who finished in second right in front of Isaac Gann, John Kolinsky, and Matt Busa inside the top five was very tight to the point where he ran out of gas coming to the checker flag tailor. And that was more so the focus, it seemed, on the radio than it was actually trying to pass Bob Bryant. He actually was thinking back afterwards, I believe, as well, and felt like he could have pushed a little bit harder or saved a little bit longer to be able to push in the closing stages. Who knows what could have happened if Derek Justice had a little bit more fuel in the tank. Could have been very interesting indeed, but also still was quite enough. He decided to play smart. Sometimes, yes, you want to push that aggression and get as much in your car out of it as can, but you also got to remember you're saving that fuel in order to make it to the checkered flag. And, of course, for Justice, he was able to pull that off as they work it on that and continue to finish in second. But, of course, as you brought, we talked earlier with Bob about, it was a great night for Kligerman Sport. They had a one and a third place finish, so they had two podium finishers in their race that night. And I think one of the main things that popped up, especially for Kligerman Sport this season, has been the performance from Gann, where it was expected for him to be quick. It was just a matter of when, not if. It took some time, but the Atlanta race was the breakthrough race where he had, as talked about by Bob, some of the unfortunate things of living in a college dorm at the time that factored into that situation. Was able to back up the speed shown in Atlanta by backing it up at Auto Club Speedway, and our track with a lot of fall off, 
and one where he had to be very precise and good when it comes to track position from the get-go. Worked his way from the top 12, in fact, to be able to get himself in that situation to battle for the race win along with Justice and Bryant. But the main consistent mark, I think, for Bob so far has been... Fuel has been one of his main focal points. He's done this before where he tried to go for a one-stopper at Homestead, if you think back, Taylor. So he's becoming the fuel master, it seems, Bob Bryan is this season. And that could be a big factor later on in the season because of some of the risks he was able to take. Now he doesn't have to take those major risks. He can now be in a spot where he just can focus on scoring the points. He certainly can. And speaking of points, let's take a quick look at your top 10 in the point standings right now. Keegan Leahy is your leader by almost over, just a little bit shy of 20 points right now. Casey Kerwin second with Logan Clampett third. Then it's Michael Conti and Michael Guest rounding out your top five. Steven Wilson, Chris Sherburn, Nick Ottinger, your defending champion in eighth. Bobby Zelensky ninth and Matt Busa rounds out your top 10 right now and then of course drivers who are outside the top 20 we need to talk about briefly justin ray alfala the four-time champion inside the top outside even the top 30 in points so very stressful situation not but a great season let's put it that way for ray alfala he just didn't seem to have the pace early on in that respective race unfortunately for him to say the very least taylor now it's the matter of pressure on. I think as well you can say the same thing. Even for Justice with the speed shown in Auto Club Speedway, he needs to be able to step it up even more so. 31st in the points, 63 total points. Currently already more than 20 points behind the top 20 essentially in the standings. So for some drivers, they need to go and need to go now if they want to reach that driver in 20th Nathan line. And the reason I say rather than take having the opportunity to just score points and take risks when it comes to Bob Bryant, it's the opposite is Bob Bryant's only in 15th. It's only about 15 points towards 14 points rather to him and Nathan Lyon, 97 to the Lions 83. So one bad mistake or one bad race could shuffle things a lot for how things could play out for the positioning in the standings. It certainly can, but meanwhile, nothing where it's going to be a major switching in the standings right now is with the Tag Heuer Porsche or the Porsche Tag Heuer Esports Super Cup by iRacing. They just finished off their round at the Nürburgring Nordschleife, and we're not talking about the Grand Prix circuit that you would normally think that these cars would run on. No, we're talking about the Green Hell, the Nordschleife itself. And Joshua Rogers had an astounding race trying to hold off not one, not two, but three other drivers as they battled to the line. Top four separated by less than half a second just about with Diego Pinto, Tommy Ostegard, and Dane Warren, your top four, who were just battling left and right all throughout the entire 100-plus corner track. It was such an intriguing race in that... It's at the Nordschleifer. They went there last year, which had that absolutely dramatic moment between Rogers and Beneke, if you remember, coming out of the Donger Ho. This year, it was the dramatic moments on how you played the moves in the draft to try and capitalize on the runs. Three wide passes in the sprint race. Four passes in one straightaway in the feature race. Two very bold races and some very bold moves by your eventual race winners, Taylor, 
were seen there. And it was critical for some of those drivers to get the good points. But the problem had been, though, in that feature race is Sebastian Job was in the best position to try and chase after Joshua Rogers in the standings entering that race. He, of course, ended up blowing up in that race while going over one of the jumps, essentially downshifted down in the midst of the jump, blew the motor when he landed back on the ground. That may have been the defining moment of the season and gave Rogers the best shot of putting one hand on the trophy already potentially this season. It certainly has, and if you think about it, looking at the point standings right now, Joshua Rogers has a 127-point advantage over Mitchell DeJong, as well as Sebastian Job, Kevin Ellis Jr., and Charlie Collins, rounding out your top five in the points. But of course, from one historic large circuit that we have on the iRacing service to another large and historic track on the iRacing service, we're going to... Cirque de la Sarf, as they compete on April 10th. So another hallowed grounds when it comes to all things Porsche, with, of course, Porsche collecting multiple overall victories as well as class victories at that circuit. You can catch the action again on April 10th here on the iRacing streaming services. Also, quickly want to touch, just announced on Thursday, April 1st. I thought to, on April 1st, since it's April Fool's Day and everything since today we're recording this, we saw a post from iRacing. And it's a pretty interesting one. Formula V, that's right. The Formula V that you would see here in the United States for the SCCA, who's your Super Tour Series, as well as during the runoffs, as well as many other European platforms that get people started in open-wheel racing. The Formula V is coming to the iRacing service. Surprising decision to announce it on April the 1st for, well, April the 1st reasons, but... (sighs) It still allows some historical reference because it allows drivers the opportunity to go with the historical route in terms of being able to rise up through the ranks. It allows a new entry wheel, open wheel machine. And it's going to be interesting since it's based essentially on on the pre-1963 Volkswagen Beetle as it was described for the machine. It was the stepping stone for open wheel racing for drivers like Nicky Lauda, Emerson Fittipaldi, Keke Rosberg, Nelson P.K., for example, and in 1964 has been crowning an annual champion in the SCCA runoffs, as you know, as well. So it's an opportunity for drivers to have an additional route to be able to go through the rankings early on through the roots of the iRacing service and try and focus on even more so an open-wheel ladder rather than, say, jumping into an MX-5. It allows more opportunities to be able to rise to the iRacing ranks. It certainly does, and of course you can see that coming out in June. Well, it is time that we come to a close. For Bob Bryant from Clickerman Sport, for Will Rogers, your Monday Night Racing Season 2 champion, for Justin Prince, my co-host, Wayne Owens, my our producer, I'm Taylor Burris. Thank you so much for what listening to this week's episode of the iRacers Download on the Speed Sport Podcast Network and NASCAR Digital Media.